Welcome to Sports, Screens, and Something Else. Join two friends as they give their unfiltered opinions on the world of sports, the entertainment industry, and a little bit of something else. And now, your hosts, Will Dickerson and Trevor Pace. Whoa, Trevor, you're here. I am. Yeah, I'm usually here. I won't be here next week. Oh, yeah, you won't, huh? Yeah, I'm going to be going out of town, but uh, you'll be here. I'll be here with a special guest. Ooh, I can't wait to find out who you replace me with. (laughs) It'll be temporary, I promise. (laughs) Nice. Unless it goes really, really well. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Hey, Trevor. Yes, sir. Happy National Dessert Day. Happy National Dessert Day, indeed. This, uh, probably the best uh, national holiday we've ever had, because it encompasses everything. Most of our favorite foods. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So, uh, is there any dessert in particular that you like more than others? I know you're an ice cream guy. Yeah, I'd have to say ice cream, but chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Like... I don't think I've ever met a bad chocolate chip cookie. Sure. I've I've had... Do you meet cookies usually? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's only one kind of way of (laughs) meeting cookies. But I've only had one. You have levels of chocolate chip cookies. Sure. Like, you can have really good ones. Mm -hmm. And you can have less than great ones. But there's never a bad chocolate chip cookie. It's hard to get wrong. Yes. Butter... Sugar chocolate chips, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I'm a really big cake guy. Mm. So a great cake to me is better than any dessert out there. Do you like cheesecake? I do love cheesecake. I love cheesecake as well. Oddly enough, I hate pies. Uh, I like pumpkin pie, Mm -hmm. but I don't like most other kinds of pie. So I'm really into cake. I love cheesecake. I don't like pie. Yeah, pie is definitely the redheaded stepchild of the desserts, right? I'm sure there are people right now driving off the road, like, cursing our names. No, but it's... I I once had this guy make uh, a pumpkin pie and a keen lime pie and a pecan pie, and I, and I visited uh, with him for Thanksgiving over a weekend, and he had these pies, and we tried them all, and they were amazing. The best pies I've ever had in really? my life. Yes. And I don't even like key lime pie. And this pie was phenomenal, dude. It was so good. It's like, this guy, if he made pies, I, we would probably love pie. But there's lots of bad pie out there. Oh, too. yeah. You can definitely have bad pie. Like frozen pies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Marie Callender frozen pies, no interest. <laughs> My wife is probably dying inside hearing you talk about Marie Callender pies. She loves Marie really? Callender pies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, uh, tell me about National Dessert Day, Will. Um, basically, the word dessert comes from a French word, desservir, okay. which means to clear the table. So it's the last plate. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Fruits and honey were probably the first sweeteners ever used in food. Mm -hmm. And the dawn of desserts was bolstered by the expansion and the use of sugar. Right. Makes sense. Uh, Silk Road eventually brought it to Europe uh, with Marco Polo. And it it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution that they started being mass produced. So Marie Callender's, you can thank 
Marco Polo and the Industrial Revolution for your freezer pies. Will do. (laughs) Okay, well, without further ado, Trevor, let's talk about sports. Let's do it. Sports. So, as has been my usual routine the last few weeks, big shout out to my wife's cousin for always bringing me to BYU games. Okay. Love you, sir. I went to the BYU game. Okay. And as per usual, there's one really stupid loss a year uh, by BYU to a football team they should beat. Yes. So they played Boise State and they lost. Mm-hmm. And it hurt. It felt bad. Right. Right. Losses never feel good. They're worse when you know you should have won. Correct. Yes. Even after four turnovers and they committed zero, there was still a chance that we could have won that game. Right. Which makes it even worse. Right. Because then you're like, well, if you don't commit one of those, do you win? Yeah. Right. Right. And then you play the what-if game and blah, blah, blah. Of course. So, my topic today is about losing. Ooh. Uh, something we know well uh, exactly. as BYU fans. <laughs> as a We're lifelong right. Bengals fan, Jazz fan, BYU fan, losing is just a part of my culture. We're, we're accustomed to it. Yeah, uh, Especially in really big moments. Right. Uh, I'm used to failure. Right. So, I wanted to ask you... Um, how long do losses stay with you? So when your team loses, how long is that hangover for you? Well, it is directly related to the uh, importance of the game. That's a great point, yeah. So, you know, the Utah Jazz losing on a Thursday night midseason who cares? You know, Correct. even if it's to a team they should have beat, right? Because there's 82 games. Yeah. So you, it might be frustrating, especially if you're uh, invested. Mm-hmm. You go to the game. You paid money to see the the team uh, play well. They don't play well. Uh, they lose to a team they should have beat. It can be frustrating, but um, or disappointing. Uh, but chances are you're over it by the time you get home, right? Yeah. If, if not before. However, the Jazz losing to the Bulls in the finals either year, uh, the, the 97 or 98 finals, still stings today. Oh, yeah. People are still talking about Jordan pushing off, right? Well, yeah. And I, as you were talking about the teams that you cheer for, um, I also cheer for the Jazz and BYU, and I've never experienced... We've experienced the lows, mm-hmm. but we've never experienced the ultimate high of winning a championship. Right. Right? Um, BYU winning in 1984 uh, happened... Before I was alive. It happened right after I was uh, born. Mm-hmm. So um, Maybe you're the reason. Yeah, maybe. Won. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Probably true. So the Jazz losing that that stinks. That's still I still think about how we were so close and how what that would have felt like had they won. Right. So uh, the that, teams I've cheered for, the only team that I personally root for that has won a championship since I've been alive mm-hmm. were the Reds in nineteen ninety. And that was way before I was even a fan. So I was two years old. Right? I don't know what it feels like to win a championship. Right. Right. Um, I know that the 
BYU Cougarettes win some kind of <laughs> modern dance championship every right, year. Right, but you're not, you're not invested in <laughs> but that But I don't stuff. really care, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I would say that, real quick, I would say, yes, we've experienced lots of losing right. Right? As, as fans. Um, when, when I was first married... Uh, I started getting really back into the jazz. Right. Uh, I had been away from watching sports for a while. Anyway, I got back into it and I was, it was affecting me when jazz would, when the jazz would lose a Thursday game mid season to who, you know, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Golden State Warriors. And it was affecting me. And my wife was like, Hey, I don't like this. I don't like how you are when your team loses. Like, I don't, you're, you turn grumpy and, mm-hmm. and short and like, I don't want to be around you. And it was, it was kind of a wake up call for me. And it was like, it's not worth it. So I kind of detached myself from that. And I stopped uh, getting as frustrated when my team loses because it shouldn't impact the people that you care about the most, right? right? Your family. Uh, and yet it does a lot of times for a lot of people. So BYU is one of those where it, I still have a very deep uh, emotional, emotional connection uh, to. And so when they lose, I get frustrated. Oh yeah. So rather than get frustrated and have it uh, affect how I feel that day or interact with my family, I just turn it off. If I feel like the game is going South, I just turn it off. Yeah. And so there's sometimes where I turn it off and we find out we won't, we won. And I missed a, a thrilling comeback. Sure. But it's, it's probably better that I separate myself from watch. Cause I will even get more frustrated right. and more angry as I watch more and more plays not go our way. Right. As a younger man like you, mm-hmm. I used to get a lot more frustrated than I do now. I yeah. used to get a lot bigger sports hangovers. But I think years and years of disappointment have really taught Worn, me. Worn you down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I will say uh, the losses that affect me still to this day, uh, BYU and Jim are losing in the Sweet 16. Is still a big one. Really? Because the, the what if is so large. Right. I don't know if BYU will ever have as good of a basketball team as they did that year. Right. Ever again. Right. How good Jackson Emery was defensively. Obviously, how amazing Jimmer was offensively. Mm. No Hardstock was great. Brandon mm. Davies was great. Well, yeah. And that was a big... And that was... That was the reason why they lost, right? Correct. The Brandon Davies thing happened, and then... We, even without him, uh, the team made it all the way to Sweet, sweet 16. Mm-hmm. And then we were just two made free throws away right. from going on to the Elite Eight. And then the path was easy. There was an eight seed that made it to the Elite Eight that year mm-hmm. and like a 12 seed in the Final Four. Right. We could have made it to the championship game. Right, right. If, 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 if. Sure. That's a game that I still play what if with. Yeah. It doesn't hurt as bad as it used to, but I still play what if with that game. Right. And I feel like a lot of people do that with losses. Sure. They play the what it's if natural. game all over and over and over. Which is funny because it makes, it does no good. <laughs> and there's no way of knowing. There's no I, I like to think alternate that it, universe exactly. where you could prove that that was the case. I like to. Knowing BYU, they would have lost in the next round. Correct. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like. To the eight seed or whatever, 
I so, like to think that uh, chaos theory is real, and somehow just me thinking that has created an alternate universe where that did happen. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think people, to cope with losses, the what-if game is one that's played a lot. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think it's good initially. Like, it's natural. Sure. But to ruminate forever... It or, messes with you, man. Or we do the blaming the refs. Oh yeah, right. They're, they're the scapegoat for for all losses. It's like the, the refs. The refs had it in in it for. A, I know, not always, <laughs> right? And sometimes it's so bad you recognize. I will say, if I was a Saints fan, do you remember the NFC Championship game? Oh yeah, they where got the, hosed. They got completely robbed by yeah. the ref. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was awful. Yes, and there is sometimes where bad officiating impacts the game but it's never the result you never lose a game because of Mm -hmm. bad officiating right because the you know the saints could have played better defense you know and prevented who were they playing the saints and the rams the rams yeah they could have they could have played better defense against the rams for sure for three quarters of the game you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so um but we do that where we blame we shift blame we do this yeah, it's uh yeah, losing's tough. Yeah. But but I do think that if you if you recognize that you are letting a loss impact how you treat your family and the people you care about the most, uh you need to take a step back because it's not worth it. Right. And and sports are meant to be enjoyable, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not having fun, then then and your family's not having fun because yeah. of your behavior time to take a step back. now something i'm glad you brought that up because there's something that i've started to do recently a lot more that has actually made losing kind of fun because i've had to get used to losing in sports as we've already established but the Bengals and the packers just played a game on sunday okay i don't know if you saw this game i didn't no so um the end of the game so it's tied 22 22 uh oh the missed field goals the the packers went down to kick a like 38 yarder and the packers missed the field goal right the Bengals marched 30 yards the other way to try like a 40 yarder missed the field goal we're going to overtime five missed field goals in a row trevor (laughs) and was the wind blowing like crazy not really (laughs) and so i just couldn't help but just laugh and i kind of enjoyed the madness of it all yes it took 20 minutes for someone to make a field goal 20 game minutes it's Incredible. For one team to make a field goal. That's awesome. And uh, I couldn't help but laugh. So, if you can, I mean, maybe I'm just being wired differently these days, but try to laugh at your team just being bad. You said there was a, somebody was rioting? Okay, so, I then wanted, I found this uh, on the interwebs. Oh, yes. And I vaguely remember this, but I looked up who's the sorest losers. Like, what is the worst way to cope with your team losing? Uh, And I will say, if you do this, you need help. Okay? This is not just uh, you coping with your team losing. There's something uh, fundamental about you I'd like you to go see help about. Right. Okay. 2011. You remember 2011, Trevor? I... Faintly remember it. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. So the Vancouver Canucks were playing the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay. Made it to Game 7. The Bruins win. Okay. In Vancouver. Okay. Okay, to win the Stanley Cup. 
How did the Vancouver Canucks fans react? Well, there was mass looting, uh, flipping police cars over and lighting them on fire. Four people were stabbed. Uh, people were getting arrested. There were mass riots in the streets for their hockey team losing. Yeah. yeah. That well, is not good. No. No, certainly not. Well, it's funny is the stuff you just described is also the stuff that happens when certain teams win. Yeah, when Philadelphia right. win the when, Super Bowl, well, it was like the it same. It was the same thing. thing. <laughs> uh, there's lots of unhealthy human behavior out there, is what we're finding. I out, remember but. watching a video of somebody after the Philly or the uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some naked dude on top of a taxi cab. Yeah. 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 So, anyway. There are healthy things to do with sports and unhealthy ones. Yes. Uh, I know your team losing hurts, but just get used to it. That's yeah. what I do. Uh, that's <laughs> what we've both done. Well, let's move on to your topic, Trevor. Okay. So, Will, I wanted to ask. I've been thinking about what the, uh, about what the hardest sport to play was. And, Interesting. And Because there's lots of difficult sports out there, no doubt. Curling. Uh, curling? <laughs> not really. Not really. That one's fun. Uh, that one's, yeah. <laughs> if geriatric people can play it, then mm-hmm. it's uh, probably not that difficult. Um, but I wanted to know what you thought the hardest game to play was, and uh, why is it golf? Just <laughs> I think golf is one of the most difficult sports to play, and I wanted to know what you thought uh, was. So... I have heard that the hardest feat in all of sport is to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. So just the uh, speed of the ball coming at you rather than you going at a stationary object. You're you're hitting a round ball with a round bat. Yeah. uh, Going 90 miles an hour. 90 miles an hour. I've heard that's the hardest, but... I have played baseball and safeball and softball mm-hmm. and have had relatively okay success. Right, right. Right. I feel like anybody can go play softball mm-hmm. with like a community rec league mm-hmm. and be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody right. will get a few hits in. Sure. Uh, you'll try to run to first base and trip, you know, whatever. Right. But it's not that difficult of a game to understand. I'm with you. I have the hardest time with golf. Of all the sports I've tried, um, Including curling, which is way fun. Mm-hmm. Golf is one that I've just... It seems like I'm getting worse at. Right. I I have a hard time playing golf. Yeah. Even though I like it. Yeah. So, I am also not good at golf. Uh, I've attempted to play golf um, infrequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gone for years. Uh, just the other night, I went to Top Golf with some uh, co-workers and... Initially, I was thinking I wasn't even going to try. I was just going to hang out, eat some food, uh, chat it up. You know, I, I really like Top Golf because it almost makes it feel like bowling. Yes, where no that's one exactly, no one really cares. cares. Yes, you're and just there for the company. Exactly, and that's exactly how I felt. And I, you know, got up and and started play. And you know what? I was actually doing fairly decent. Good and, for you. Yeah, I might have to start doing it again. But it is very difficult. Uh, it, uh, I wanted to read, there was a quote by, uh, a pro golfer, uh, Ben Hogan, uh, who said, 
reverse every natural instinct and do the opposite of what you are inclined to do, and you will probably come very close to having a perfect golf swing. That's probably true. And, and it, this article talks about, um, you know, when when driving a golf ball as far as you can, it would make sense to lead with the head of the club, wouldn't it? Well, you need to do the opposite. A good drive leads with your head, your arms, and then your driver's head, which goes completely against our natural instincts, right? Yeah. Um, now, if you want to hit the golf ball as far as possible, you need to hit it as hard as possible, right? No. Um, you've seen people that are, like, yoked. <laughs> swing at a golf ball and goes uh, 200 feet. Right. You know? Uh, and then some... Uh, uh, like an 80-year-old man. Yeah, a, a girl, 13-year-old girl, can crank it out of there 500 yards, you know? <laughs> I and, don't know about 500. <laughs> dude, you would... Believe me. And it's like, it all depends on how you're hitting the ball, right? Because it's all about, really, physics, right? Yes, your the physics, yes. And how how you're hitting it, and where on the he- the golf uh, head you're hitting the ball, where on the ball you're hitting get- mm-hmm. getting hit, and so it is it is all uh, physics. Yeah, I've tried to Happy Gilmore my tee off. Um, oh, it does not. It doesn't work. work. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it doesn't work. It's funny they they tell you there when you get there. No Happy Gilmore style, like no running head starts, or it doesn't work though. Right, like it's so hard to golf like that. Anyway, you you'll break clubs. In like, fact, uh, I go to work golfing tournaments sometimes. Okay, I'm only there to be a body. I yeah. nobody is bringing me along for my golfing prowess. Right, right. We usually bring one ringer, and the rest of us are just in the carts, basically. Sure. But uh, every time without fail, they have paid some uh, long distance uh, drive specialist sure. guy, right? A guy that makes money just driving the ball. Mm-hmm. And they have the weirdest tees. They're like a foot off the ground. Really? They're like really far off the ground. Mm-hmm. And these guys are always super tall. Interesting. And I thought about it carefully one day and I was like, it's got to be that their height makes it so that they can get more power into their swing. Something about Mm -hmm. the physics of the longer arms, the longer reach, allows them to get more. Because they they say, you can tee or you can have him do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Right, (laughs) right. right. So I have him do it every time. He gets like 420 yards on these suckers. Right, right. And it's, it's because they've mastered the physics of it. Right. And I have not. Right, exactly. Um... So, and I want to ask, uh, so just your thoughts on golf. Do you, do you like golf? Uh, do you like to watch golf? Uh, and, uh, do you think golf is a sport or is it just a game? Because there is the, the, the title of that it's the greatest game, right? Sure. Is, is it a game or is it a sport? Uh, so I think you and I have talked about this before, but we both really enjoy watching golf. Like, watching good golfers do their thing, I find really satisfying yeah. and relaxing. Yeah. Both at the same time. But I think it's definitely a sport. It requires a certain amount of athleticism, right? If golf isn't a sport, then baseball is not a sport. Because mm. it's essentially the same thing, except ball, the ball's moving at you, right? Whereas in golf, it's stationary. 
but you still have to use a lot of strategy. Where am I going to lay this uh, drive? Like, do I want it on the left it's hand also, side? It's also a sport that people can play until they're like 80. Sure. Yeah. And so, uh, and be really good at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, there is kind of one of those things where we're like, uh, how much athleticism and is even really competitively, needed. people can play to their fifties and sixties. Oh, yeah. how old is Phil Mickelson? Phil, Phil Mickelson's at least in his, has got to be in his fifties. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm not sure. Maybe one day we can talk about the difference between a sport and a game. Like, their esports is a big thing right mm-hmm. now. I wouldn't consider those sports because yeah. you're sitting in a chair. We did. We have talked a little bit about what. What yeah. makes a sport? We talked about NASCAR and whether that was, that was a, sport, a sport, and then what what made an athlete an athlete. I I think it is a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest part about golf, though, is to be consistent. Yeah, it's like you. Every time I go golfing, right? Yeah, I'll go nine holes, and I am shanking and slicing balls left and right. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's one hole. Where I drive uh, straight down the middle, right where I want it, uh, hit it really far, um, and and it gives me that little hope that I could do it again. You know, <laughs> right. it's uh-huh. really hard to do it again, at least for me that I'm not good at golfing, and it is hard. Even pros, right? Oh, somebody yeah. that is having a great golfing day, just being awesome, and then the next day. They're, they've lost their lead. They've sucked it up. They, yeah. You know. I remember Jordan Spieth. He uh, he was the leader going into Sunday for the Masters, I think. It was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was maintaining that lead the whole time. And then he got to like the 16th hole. And he like triple bogeyed it. Yeah. And lost. Lo- yeah. And you're like, it is so hard to be consistent. Especially uh, the pros have to do it for four days in a row. Yes. Like, that is really tough. Right. Now, I will say my proudest golf moment ever. Uh, so, when I go to these work tournaments, we usually do scramble. And so, you just play the best ball, whoever hit the best sure. ball. Yeah. And my goal on the day is usually to have three of my balls picked. Okay. Right? For the whole 18 holes. I want three. Mine's one. Right? So, you're much much. More and usually, it's because I make a crazy putt that I have no business making. Yes. And some miracle happens. Sure. My 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 place to shine is usually the putt exactly because i played a lot of putt putt in my day (laughs) exactly but um there was one day where uh the guy in our group that's a really good golfer he like twisted his ankle and so we're in a par five and it's just us three losers (laughs) out there and we're like well let's do our best if it gets like to eight we're just gonna leave Mm -hmm. and we're like okay that's fine i don't know what happened to me I parred that hole by myself. Nice. So I did the hole. Nobody else helped out. Helped out. Got the got the best ball. Yours, right. Yours I did it the, the entire ball. way, nice. and I parred that par five. Awesome. And I'd never done that before in my life. Have you ever? And done I have since? never done it since. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna... But that one hole made me really proud of myself. Yeah, it is really hard to be consistent, and and uh, my da- my dad loved golf, and. Uh, uh, it was always one of those things that he was uh, always trying to get better at. It's uh, definitely a thing that uh, it's definitely hard to stay consistent. It's uh, you and I we're gonna have to go to uh, Top Golf. Yeah, let's sometime. do it. I love Top Golf. It's no pressure. Hit, hit it's a lot couple, of fun. Yeah, hit a couple of balls. So maybe we could even take lessons one day. And actually, get good at it. 
Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> hey, you'll, well, you'll have to pay though. I'm not doing Let's uh <laughs> let's move on to screens. Done. Screens. Trevor, as I referenced last week, yeah. you inspired me with Ooh, your topic. Did I? And so I picked... I don't even remember what I did last week. <laughs> we talked about the best and worst endings of movies oh, and how yeah, they can yeah, make yeah, or break yeah. a movie. That's true. So I started talking about thinking about post-credit scenes in movies. Okay. Because uh, there's a... It, there's a lot lately. In yes. fact, a lot of Marvel movies have two or three yes. post-credit scenes. Right. And a lot of people now will look up uh, how many post-credit scenes are there, so they know going into a movie if they need to wait, to wait. or whatever. Yes. Um, and so I I looked up a bunch of post-credit scenes. I watched a bunch, um, and I drew a bunch from memory. Okay. And I think I have a pretty de- decent list of great post-credit scenes. All right. And really bad ones. And what makes a good one or a bad one? And okay. then I want to hear your opinions on these. Yeah, let's do it. And if you have any to add. So the uh, the first one I thought of right off the bat was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I feel like okay. this is a big one um, that a lot of people remember. Um, but at the end of the movie, you're watching the credits because they're showing kind of the ends to a bunch of side stories in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the principal. And right, right, right. The sister and all this stuff. And then after that, uh, Ferris Bueller comes back out and says, what are you still doing here? The movie's over. Go home. Mm -hmm. Right. And my dad remembers uh, seeing that in the theaters and feeling like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going home now. Right. And it kind of embarrassed him. (laughs) And how effective this uh, post credit scene was. Because the whole movie breaks the fourth wall. Right. But this one, it seems like he's making fun of the audience for still being there. Sure. And and, uh, that's a pretty famous one that a lot of people know. Right. But in doing research, you actually pointed out something to me that I didn't know about this. Because I thought this was the first instance of something like this. No, actually, uh, in the or- the original Muppets movie, uh, released seven years earlier. Uh, wow. So, yeah. At so, the- at the beginning of the 1980s. Uh, no, it was, well, 79. Oh, wow. 78 okay. or 79. Um, Animal, uh, the drummer, you know. Uh, at the end of the credits, he he tells the audience at the end to, to go home. He 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 looks at the audience and he's like, "Go home, go home." <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And so I felt like that was kind of uh, that uh, Ferris Bueller's didn't really uh, pioneer that strategy of talking to the audience and right. telling them what are you doing here at the end that that was first done with uh, the Muppets. But do you think that Ferris Bueller's one is probably the most famous considering oh, Deadpool, uh, even Deadpool copied he, yes, it, right? Right. So Deadpool at the end of its, uh, of the movie at the end of the credits. Yeah. He comes out and he is dressed like Ferris Bueller and he even says some of the same lines. Right. Um, yeah. Ferris Bueller's has its own, but I felt like maybe it was inspired or yeah. stolen from uh, <laughs> sure. uh, Muppets, but uh, certainly not the first one to tell to break the fourth wall and to tell their audience to, to go, go home. home. Yeah, but I think that's great because it, it doesn't 
It's not like you really missed out on anything by missing it, but it's clever enough to be worth watching. Yeah. Right? And that's what I feel like makes a great one. And the flip side of that are ones that make really bad ones. Okay. Where you either miss out on something really important mm. or it's not worth watching. Mm. Like, there is no point to it. Yes. Like... There's there's probably more of that than yes. there are good ones, right? Like, I remember at the end of one of the Marvel movies, uh, Captain America does like a public service announcement. Yeah, a lot thing. of people were frustrated with I'm that like, one. That was so dumb. Yes. This was completely pointless. Yes. It's not clever, it's not funny. It's nothing. Yeah, it was in fact, I think he gives a public service announcement about being disappointed or something like that. Oh yeah, being okay with disappointment. The disappointment. And it's almost uh commenting on the fact that you as the audience member waiting for this credit post credit are now disappointed. It's too tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's it, but you don't feel rewarded. You right. feel ripped off because mm-hmm. you've waited that long. You want to there. You want some payoff, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it doesn't deliver, you you've wasted your time. Right. Speaking of payoff, that brings me to another really good one that okay. I that I like a lot. All right. Uh, I assume you've seen Austin Powers too. I have. <laughs> Those movies hold a special place in my okay. heart. They came out just as the time where I was starting sure. to understand that kind of humor. Sure. Sure. And. Uh, it's so over the top and dumb and raunchy. Yeah, and it was the nineties. It came out in a time where that nineties humor mm-hmm. was. Uh, it almost couldn't be duplicated. It couldn't oh, be yeah. duplicated today. Well, in the James Bond movies, were unintentionally campy. Yes, and kind of right ridiculous. Yes, and so a movie that did it intentionally was yes. almost a breath of fresh air. Right, right? exactly. So, Austin Powers 2, I didn't even realize this was Will Ferrell until oh, I watched right? it again. Right. But there's a part where they have all the evil people at uh, the board of directors meeting kind of deal. And Will Ferrell's character with... Mustaf. Yeah. <laughs> he says something and it gets uh, Dr. Evil really mad and he sends him into the pit of fire. Right. right? And it burns him. Right. And then you start hearing him saying, help! I've been severely burned. Yes. <laughs> he survived it. Right? Right, right, right. And the gag just keeps going and going. And it's very fun. I didn't realize this until I uh, watched the YouTube video on it. After the credits, there's a post-credit scene where he's still in there trying to get help. Because he's still Yeah, actually, hurting. I think this is the first Austin Powers. I feel... The interwebs told me it was the second one. Maybe, maybe. I thought it was the first one, but there are some other uh, post credit scenes uh, with Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the There's one where um, uh, it's, it's from the perspective of the person that gets the, the guard that gets... Roll, uh, oh, yeah, run over flattened. by flattened by the the, the, the steamroller, yeah, uh-huh. there. and uh, and it's the w- wife, it's his wife getting called at home, being told that her husband died by getting oh, rolled I over by a steamroller. <laughs> yes, and he's like, what? He was killed, rolled, er, you know, ran over by a steamroller. And it was this idea that he was, you know, very like, dumb. Very dumb because it happens at the speed of two miles an hour, you know? <laughs> he could have gotten out of the way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So 
in that case, um, in the case we just talked about, if you enjoyed the humor of the movie, you'll enjoy those post-credit scenes because it's just another joke along those lines, right? They're clever, they're funny, and it's worth watching, right? Um, Deadpool 2 is another one that you brought up that I feel like is really similar if you enjoy that kind of meta humor that Deadpool does, right. it's more of that. Well, yeah, and if you're going to see that movie, that's what you're going for. But yeah, Deadpool 2 had a really good one. Um, you're a big fan of uh, outtakes and bloopers. Yeah. Which so. is which is what a lot of movies, uh, especially in the 90s, mm-hmm. didn't do post-credit scenes because very few people stick around to the end. What they would do is they would do bloopers and stuff while the credits rolled yeah and that would get you to stick around uh there's something about mary yes did mm-hmm. a music video thing where the cast is not music video but the cast is singing build me a buttercup yeah while the credits roll that's something that a lot of movies typically do a uh, liar liar their outtakes during the credits i thought was hilarious right right yep uh, that's a well-known one that's one that a lot of people like uh, any Jackie Chan movie usually yeah. has some kind of uh, uh, stunt outtakes. Right. You get to see him Getting brutally seen. hurting yes. himself in some way. Yes. Like he broke his nose trying to do that flip from this rope to that rope, whatever. Uh, and those are fascinating to watch to me. Because yeah. it's like, this guy's insane. Right, right. <laughs> like the, the fact that that stunt was real and then he had to do it like however many times to get it right and broke his arm on one of them. Like, that's just incredible to me. So those are really good ones. Um, what makes a bad in credit scene? So bad credit and scene, like we already talked about, are ones that don't do anything. They're okay. not worth watching at all. Yeah. If they're not worth watching, don't put it in your movie. Right. Other ones are ones that completely subvert either the tone of the movie or the point of the movie. Okay. For example, Aliens has a post-credit, I don't know if you'd call it a scene, it's like while you're watching the very end of the credits, you can hear one of the uh, mouth-sucky aliens mm. moving around. Okay. And the point of the movie is that she got rid of all the aliens. Ah, uh, yes. And yet in the post-credits, it's like, but there's still one out there. Right. That subverts the whole point of the movie. Exactly. And so it's like... Then the ending that I just watched, the famous ending with the uh, suit and grabbing the alien and throwing it in outer space. Right. Then none of that meant anything because there's still an alien out there. Right. That's really dumb. Uh, if you'll remember the ending of Thor 2. Yes. Which is a bad movie. Which is... A, I tried to forget that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. They really shifted tonally after Thor 2 to make yes. it kind of funny. Yes. But there's a post-credit scene where he finds Natalie Portman and they're sharing a nice tender kiss on top of a roof. Okay. And yet in the background, there's one of the frost giants like throwing freights around and like destroying London. Mm-hmm. Just randomly. After a kind of weirdly serious movie. Okay. And like, what am I supposed to understand from this? Yeah, yeah. Is this funny? Yeah. Is yeah. this saying that there's impending doom coming? What is this? Yeah. That was really bad. And then the worst I can possibly think of is Shang-Chi. And I know we kind of touched on this in our review. Yeah. But the whole movie, I'm trying to figure out what is the point of the sister. Because mm-hmm. literally the whole movie could have happened without her. Right. Correct. So what is the purpose of her? What job does she serve? 
And in a post-credit scenes, you see her take over the Ten Rings, right? That was the purpose of her in the movie. Right. Don't put the purpose of an entire character in a post-credit scene. Right. Put it in the movie. Yeah. What are you doing? Or save it to the next movie. Or Correct. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so there are great ones. There are really bad ones. Um, do you like them? Do you wish movies no. would do them more? Do you <laughs> wish Marvel would do them less? Yes. I feel like this at this point it's a gimmick. Yeah. And uh, at first it was like a way to tie the movies together. Correct. Because um, Iron Man was a solo movie. There was nothing within that universe that would tie him to any of the other Avengers. So you did this post credit scene to tie it to the next movie. Right. And then you saw Thor's hammer in the post credit scene. Right. And you knew, oh, Thor's coming. It was world building. Right. Is what it was. Or universe building. And now it's dumb. And now it's, you You wait around because you know it's going to be, but yes, you're right. It's, there's no real reason for including them other than it's now expected, right? So yeah, I, w- I wish that either they did it during the credits, which like is... A, like a mid-credits scene yeah, or whatever. Which is what Deadpool 2 did, right? right? And that was funny and I really appreciated it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds killing himself in various movies. Right. Very funny. Uh, but waiting around for stuff that's pointless or stuff that should have been in the movie really frustrates me. So, anyway, post-credit scenes. There you go. There you go. Let's move on to your topic, Trevor. All right. So, Will, uh, Dune, uh, the remake uh, of, of the movie, is coming out here soon. I'm very excited. You are excited. Uh... And it made me think, I know a lot of people that are fans of the book and uh, and of the original movie wanted it to be remade because it's been a number of years, well, 30-something years, and uh, felt like it deserved a remake. A lot of times, uh, you and I and others, uh, mo- other movie fans, are often complaining about Hollywood remaking movies. We're often saying, don't remake this movie and... Why so, why so many remakes? Right. Uh, there's a few reasons why, right? Either because of perfection, like it shouldn't ever be touched. Uh, think Princess Bride. Yeah, that was a... Back to the Future or my favorite, uh, Groundhog's Day, right? Like, In fact, the, Sony came out, Sony Pictures came out and said, Hey, we're thinking of test, redoing... Test of the Waters. R- uh, remaking Princess Bride. And there was such a backlash. Yes. They're like, okay, never, never mind. Never mind. Yes. The, there are some movies that are such iconic uh, time and place kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Where you couldn't do it again even if you tried. Right. right? It, it was just... Th- it was not only who was in it or how it was acted. It was the time it came out. Right. And you can't replicate it. Right. So just don't. Uh, or either because it's untouchable or uh, people revolt against remakes because no one asked for it. Nobody nobody wanted the remake of Overboard. <laughs> I can't believe that even happened. Yeah. Nobody wants the, the remake of Home Alone. They remade Home Alone. I just showed you the trailer yeah. uh, before we started the podcast. They just released a trailer. Uh, Home Sweet Home Alone or something is what the title of it is. Um, and it's a direct... Uh, it's Disney's equivalent now of direct-to-video. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a Disney Plus original. And it is... It's going to be bad. It, and it's going to be bad. And it looked like a straight remake, right? Mm-hmm. It's not adding anything to... 
Home Alone. It's not even like frame for frame sometimes. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And the idea of why, who wanted this movie? We have the original. We have the second. We, there's a couple other bad straight to video Home Alones that they've already made. Mm-hmm. Why, why do we need an, another one of these? Um, anyway, uh, a sequel to Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin as an adult. Who has a kid who gets left alone. Now, that would be interesting. You right. know, something like that. Would you want Joe Pesci to come back? Heck yeah, I want Joe Pesci to come back. <laughs> Hasn't he retired like three times or Yeah, something? but he can always come back for Home Alone. <laughs> okay. Anyway, point is, I wanted to ask, what are some movies that you think absolutely need to be remade? Mm. Some movies that... Um, either the first movie wasn't good, maybe right. like Dune, mm-hmm. but some people liked it, but for the other reason of maybe it just would uh, benefit from improved special effects like Dune. Um, so, uh, I was trying to think of some movies that people really want, uh, a remake to happen. Uh, first one was Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh. You, you, beloved... you haven't seen this show, right? I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the movie. The movie was so bad. Yes, yes. Like, it doesn't take somebody, a fan of the show, to watch the movie and realize that it was bad. Here's what blows my mind about that movie, okay? okay? They had the source material yes. for everything. Yeah, right. You know what the kid's name in the show is? Ang. You know how they pronounce it in the movie? Ung. Why did they do that? I don't know. But, like, they made so many weird departures like that. Okay. How, how people were named, how okay. they were called, certain scenes they could have done frame for frame the same that are important that they completely screwed up. Interesting. I don't know if I'd trust anybody to touch that show because okay. the show is so awesome. Okay. It, it is so great. You should watch it with But your it couldn't kids. be worse than the original That's or probably the, true. the movie, right? So it could only benefit from a, a, I guess. a remake, I but, suppose. Man, it was bad. So, uh, the Percy Jackson series, uh, my son is reading uh, these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are panned as some terrible movies. Yeah, um, they're really bad. Have yes. you seen those? I've, not all the way through. <laughs> I, I couldn't make it. I but, watched the first one. It was like, and I'm out. Uh, one, now, this is an interesting one because The Stand, now that was originally a TV, a made for TV movie back in the 90s. Uh, with Gary Sinise and a whole bunch of other... I haven't uh, seen this movie. Oh, I really like it, actually. Uh, it was a made-for-TV movie. It was four parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was really long. It was a, like a mini-series, I guess, is how they, what they would do back then. They did, they did a, a remake of The Stand. Just last year they released it. I think it was on CBS All Access. It was one of those uh, streaming original things. And it was garbage. People hated it. It, it first looked kind of good. It had like Whoopi Goldberg and a lot of other um, famous uh, actors of today. Mm-hmm. And it, people hated it. It was it's 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 terribly reviewed on IMDb. Um, and they did this weird thing with uh, uh, the time where they were like cut in and out going forward and backward uh, with present day and past. And it was just really scattered and people hated it. Uh, They thought the acting was terrible, all this stuff. And people love this story. And it has, you know, 
from the 90s, a lot, obviously a lot has uh, changed technology-wise, but also um, budget-wise. Mm-hmm. It was a TV miniseries. The budget was obviously very limited. And with today, they could they could do uh, a tremendous version. They were originally going to... Ben Affleck was originally going to direct really? The Stand. It was going to be a two-part movie series because mm-hmm. it is a really long story. It's a Stephen King book for crying out loud. Um, but he backed away from it and, and then it turned into a, a, a streaming series. Right. Anyway, it's a beloved story. It's really interesting. You should check out the, the, the TV version. Um, I still think it's decent enough. Interesting. Uh, but, uh, yes, that needs to be remade. The birds. Uh, you and I are a fan of this movie. Yeah. So oh, yeah. this this could definitely use a touch up. Yes. Now the acting in the original Birds movie is great. Yeah, it's it's for but its those time. are literally like uh, taxidermied birds. Yes. That somebody on set is just throwing, throwing at, people. at people, and they're and the actresses are just holding them like ah! yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the premise of Birds is it's super, super freaky. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is another example of a movie that doesn't explain to you why this yes. is happening. Oh, it's just happening. Yes. And that's part of the freaky nature yeah. of it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I love the birds. Yeah. Birds is great. And don't you think it really could use oh, yeah. a, a, a remake? As long as they don't try to explain why the birds are oh, going crazy. And this is true for all of these movies. It could be remade. Like... I think I was going to say Fantastic Four, right? We know that's oh. going to get remade because Marvel's already announced that. But the original movie with, uh, I say the original with like uh, Jessica Alba and, and, uh, and Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those were terrible movies. Yeah. They did okay financially. Well, they only made them to keep the rights to the well, film. Yes. And the. There was actually a Fantastic Four movie that was made in the 90s. Do you know about this? No, I don't yes. know about I know the 2010s one yes. with uh, uh, oh, crud. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Uh, that one was not very good no. either. And, that was, and that's what I'm getting at is they were like, hey, we're going to remake Fantastic Four. It'll be gritty. It'll be awesome. And it was terrible. People hate It's one of the worst reviewed superhero movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's one in the 90s real quick, and they made it for the that exact purpose to keep the rights, and they never released it. It was no so way. bad, they canned it, but they but there was never the intention to release it. So they just did it to keep the rights. Correct. And then they shelved <laughs> Not it. even to make money. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. It is horrendous. Wow. Yeah, it's really bad. So, uh, Green Lantern, uh... Is one that uh, Ryan Reynolds gets flack for a lot, uh, Greenlander. But it has an interesting story. It could have done been done really well. Well, what's funny is like I always see him as kind of this goofy, weird character. Like right. uh, I've seen him in a couple of Justice League shows. And I've never known anything about him. Right, right, right. But I actually saw a YouTube video of somebody really passionate about Green Lantern talk about what would make a good Green Lantern movie. 
There's some cool Green Lantern stories yes. out there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they're essentially space cops. Yeah. But uh, and then what? What can you do with that? Right. Infinite. Yes. Like you can do anything you want. Exactly. So exactly. there's there's a good idea out there to be made. Yes. I just don't know why they can't make one. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that one. And then did you ever see the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yes, with Sean Connery. Yes. And people thought it was going to be good because the source material is well beloved. People really love that comic series. And this movie came out and it was terrible. And so I people were liking it, but I was pretty young. Yeah. I, I imagine if you and I went back and watched it now, we would, we, we wouldn't have Cause that that's same got opinion. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's got Nemo. Yes. And it's Captain got, Nemo and all yeah. That stuff. So there's a lot that could be done there and it, mm-hmm. it's an interesting concept, right? Uh, but. Uh, a lot of people feel that needs to be remade. Quickly, do you have any that uh, so, you want? So, three off the top of my head. Okay. One of which I think is they've already announced. Okay. Um, but a new Hulk movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, we've gone a, a long way since the original Hulk movie, which I guess is technically the uh, beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, uh, uh, so the first one was Iron Man. I, that was the first Marvel movie, but then, yes, right after that came uh, The Hulk. The Incredible Hulk, Hulk or whatever Hulk. it was called. Yeah, with uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't it was a bad movie. No, but I think they could do... The CGI wouldn't look as bad now. Yeah, so if they, if they tried a Hulk solo it. movie... They perfected it, yeah. Uh, I think it'd do a lot better. Sure. Number two is the Star Wars Christmas special. Okay. <laughs> that is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's not amazing. Good. I would love to see that remade. Have you watched it? Oh yeah. We we did that for a Christmas Adam, something we'll talk about later. Oh yes. But uh I have watched it beginning to end. Okay. And it is truly like how you could make that movie and be like, you know what, let's put this out there yeah. into the world. Well, now that you mentioned the, the Star Wars, uh, all of the prequels could be remade too. And uh, yeah, hey oh, well, and then the original three were pretty much remade with the most recent three, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then the last one was uh, Creatures of the Black Lagoon. Oh, so that's one that hasn't been touched for a really long time. Okay, but it freaked a lot of people out mm-hmm. because it looked like this scary monster guy, mm-hmm. right? right. Well, now you watch it. It's so cheesy and dumb. It's laughable. Okay. I think they could do that again. And I think they have announced that they're doing it. Oh, interesting. As part of the dark universal. Oh, they. they universe. No, they squashed that. Oh, they thing. did? Oh, yeah. Okay. That thing's not happening. So I think there could be a thriller type movie with a creature of the Black Lagoon. I also have thoughts about remaking Labyrinth. But uh, I The wa- David Bowie movie? Yes. Okay. But I wonder if that's untouchable. Because that's such a cult classic. Yeah, I, don't I know wonder what, if people. I don't know like what, that. I don't feel like there's anything that could be added to that. What What would a new one bring? Well, the Muppets right at the time were pretty clunky, right? I don't think so. And they just what were could, they, you would get clunky CGI is what you get. I guess, but like a lot of the like the scene where she's falling and the hands catch her and everything, a lot of it looks really fake. That's oh. great. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I wonder if you tried to remake it, if people would revolt no, like, I, like I, Princess Bride. Yeah, no, I don't think that I don't think there's anything in that movie that 
would add to the story of, of it being remade. I feel like if they remade it, it would just, you might have had a better CGI version of yeah. that story, but are you going to have a better told story? Probably is not. And whoever is the bad guy would be compared to David Bowie forever. Yeah, yeah, and no I don't reason. know if anybody would want to touch that. No. Maybe there's something to be said for like a sequel or something like that where, where it's trying to add to a new, like expand the story, but to remake the problem is, is with remakes is there a lot of times they're trying to tell the same story that was told before. Right. And, uh, like overboard, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do a little twist. They do a gender swap or something like that. And they Which think doesn't that do anything. Doesn't do anything. If you're, do, if you're telling the same story, right. all a gender swap does is make people angry. Right. 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 It gets the people that are angry about just, that angry. And then it gets the people looking for a new movie angry because it, they're not going to pay money to see the same movie. Right. It's, yeah. I think no one, I always think no one asked for this. No one is sitting around being like, you know what? We need a remake of Overboard. <laughs> and, but this time swap the genders. I, yeah. Just nobody wants that. Like what men want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The what women want. But yeah, I, the ultimate example I think is Dune because I think the source the source material is so beloved. Mm-hmm. They just haven't had the technology to accomplish that visit, vision up to that point. They've right. tried twice the movie in the eighties, I think uh-huh. it was, and then they tried a sci-fi series oh. to do Dune, but it was canceled after like five episodes um, because it wasn't very successful because they had a TV budget trying to do Dune visuals. Right. 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 And hopefully this one gets it right. I've seen some early reviews and people are saying it's fine. It's fine. So, Which is always what you exactly. want. You know what? It's fine. At this point, I'll take a fine movie. <laughs> it's a it's a movie. Exactly. Well, if you're ready, let's move on to something else, Trevor. Let's do it. Something else. Huh? Uh, today, I want to talk to you more about food. Ooh. But specifically about making it. Ooh. So this is my kind of topic. Well. I know you, you are a good chef. In fact, you made me steaks a couple of uh, months ago. Oh, in a sous vide. Am I saying sous-vide. that right? Sous-vide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Well, thank you for the compliment. Yeah, yeah. no problem. One of the best steaks I've ever had. Oh, I appreciate that. Take that out back. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was thinking back to when I learned to cook. So this is a little embarrassing to say, and my mother will probably bury your head in shame. But uh, when I left on my mission to Italy, I didn't know how to cook. Hmm. I didn't realize that that was a thing I would have to do. Really? Yeah. Uh, all through my life, my mom or my dad cooked for us. Okay. And then when I got to college, I ate at the. I had a meal plan to eat at the cafeteria there. Sure. Never had to cook. Really. And so when I got to Italy. And they were like, all right, uh, you you have lunch on Tuesday and Friday. I was like, what do you mean I have lunch? And like, you got to make lunch. I was like, how do you make food? <laughs> I was so food? confused. It just, I just, it just appears. I sit down and there it is. What do you mean make it? Right? Um, so I was super... Me ready. will. Me hungry. Or my food. Um... So I was super embarrassed and I had to learn very quickly. And at first I was very bad at it. Okay. But I asked some of the uh, wonderful Italian women that we knew. Um, I asked them, how do you cook? 
Like, how do you make good food? Because the food I was making was not good. Okay. And uh, they taught me very patient, uh, amazing people. And I got fairly good at making pasta. Okay. And I don't mean just boiling the noodles. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take I'll take tomato paste and I can actually do the whole thing. Okay. With, uh, adding a little bit of water, some olive oil, and some a bunch of other ingredients. It makes a decent tasting sauce. Okay. Right? Um, and then it tastes better the next day. It's awesome stuff. So that's how I learned how to cook. Now, those are the only things I do cook. I cook pasta. Okay. I, I cook. So I t- do noodles with red sauce. Okay. I do carbonara. Okay. I do pancakes. Excellent. And I do omelets. Okay. Those are the things I know how to make. Okay. Uh, everything else is outside my wheelhouse. Um, and I was wondering, Trevor, where did you learn to cook? Like, do you experiment with a lot, or do you remember, or were you just always cooking? So I remember. So my dad cooked uh, growing up, and so for the guy to be cooking was not unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think growing up, we would help out occasionally um, with cooking. Uh, a lot of times if we wanted to like make like desserts or something like that, it was up to us to like do it. So like if we wanted, you know, we were poor, so mm-hmm. we had to make everything. It wasn't, we didn't have, you know, cartons of ice cream in the, um, in the freezer. We had to make, ta- we made tapioca pudding and, you know, uh, Lots of things like that. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that are super easy to make, but require effort. And so we, I, I just remember doing that a lot. Um, but I always, it, it was always learning how to read a, read recipes and just following the recipe. Um, and I even remember getting involved in like home ec classes. Do you ever take a home ec class? Like no. a cooking class? Mm-mm. Okay, so I never did. Yeah, so in high school, we 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 were required to do a home ec class where you did a cooking class. And then later in my high school years, I did a did a cooking class. I just it was always something I kind of liked. It was always something I enjoyed. Um, but I never got really serious into it. Uh and then uh yeah, I think I improved uh, when I was in my 20s. Um, I certainly would became more adventurous and tried different stuff. Um, it wasn't until I got married where it then became like an expectation. Mm-hmm. Like now, my wife isn't always going to do the cooking in, in our case. So I was home in the afternoons and, and she would work later. I would go work earlier and come home sooner. And so a lot of times I would be making dinner and still to this day, I get off before she does. And I, she helps out lots of, you know, sure. I, I want to give her her due, but uh, today I made dinner. And a lot of times it's just following a recipe. But a few years ago, I started to watch a lot of the Food Network. I got into watching the Food ne- Food Network and watching cooking videos on YouTube. And I just started to really enjoy uh, baking, especially. I would watch these bakers in these competitions. 
And they would be like, oh, yeah, I'm self-taught. You know, I just decided I wanted to start doing this, you know. And they're like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> this guy has been doing this for, like, three years. He decides, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. And becomes amazing at it. And right. like, this is something that anybody could do with enough practice. Just more butter, man. Yeah, That's right. That's all you need. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I want to do this. And so... Good for you. Yeah. And so... My wife, uh, she got me. Do you know what macarons are? Mm-mm. So it's this French uh, pastry cookie. It's the ones that you like are usually really bright colors. You see. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, they're made from like an almond uh, flour uh, and meringue mixed together. Anyway, with like frosting in the middle. Super good. I'll have to make you some. Okay. And she took she she got this class for me. I made it. And this is a really difficult thing to make. It's really finicky. It, people have been known to fail it uh, many, many times. And it requires you to do it over and over and over again. So there I am at home wanting to practice getting better at this. And of course, I have to make a bunch of these batches. So it's just, it takes work. And and a lot of times it does. You need somebody with the know-how to instill that into you. And that's what one of the great things about YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like how much has has learning how to do something been advanced because of YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, it doesn't just have to be a mindless black hole where we get sucked into this loop of watching crap uh, entertainment videos. But we can actually learn how to do stuff. Yeah. In fact, I I have a really big desire... To get better at grilling, same. Um, I'm not. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, okay. But there's nothing that I do that's super special. I would like to get to the point where I could make you a great steak yeah. on the grill, mm-hmm. Trevor. Um, and and have that be something that I'd want to do instead of going out to eat. I want to buy some meat and grill it, right? Okay. And have that be an amazing meal. Um. It is as easy as me watching a YouTube video. I just haven't done it yet. And I know it's going to require me trying out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got to sit down. I just have to commit and just do it. We For me, it didn't just take watching a YouTube video. It right. took me watching lots and lots of YouTube videos. Because you want to get a varying opinion out there a, a widespread of opinions right and mm-hmm. and how to do things you know it's a lot of different opinions on how to grill a steak you know uh the you only flip once and flipping it all the time and put it on a cast iron and putting it directly on the on the grills you mm-hmm. know and what is better and and what kind of fat should you use butter or uh, beef tallow, or you know, like what could you use to 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 sear a steak? Well, there's lots of different opinions, mm-hmm. and so uh, for me, it was watching a lot of videos, getting a lot of range, and then going out and trying it yourself. So, what's your, what's your favorite thing to make? My for cook cooking, uh, yeah, for like dinner, mm-hmm. like um, so. From from a video from a guy I watch on on YouTube, uh, he he did these uh, enchiladas and chicken enchiladas and it from from the steps of making your own uh, verde salsa verde mm-hmm. and 
and making these these uh, chicken enchiladas phenomenal. We I I did it. I was like, man, it looks really good. For some reason, I just I gravitated towards this recipe. I made it, and my wife was like, oh my gosh, this, these are amazing enchiladas. You know, it, it they were incredible, and they are they're really good. And I've made it a few times since, and I don't think. We used to do like this, like cream cheese enchilada mm-hmm. thing, chicken enchilada. It was like really fattening and probably really like gross. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like if I ever served it to somebody from Mexico, they'd be like, "What is this garbage?" You know. <laughs> and this was like much more authentic, and it tastes amazing. And it's one of my favorite things to make. And it, you know what? It takes a freaking long time to make. Sure, it's a lot of effort, and cooking takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work. And, and you know what? It's so easy to make it go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you can burn something and the whole thing is garbage, you know? And it, all of the, all of these things, it just takes practice. It takes time to, no one will ever be good at it. Just picking it up immediately. You have to work at it. Well, you inspire me to try to do better. And especially now I'm going to be moving into a new home soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, finances will be a little bit tighter. Yeah, so you're going to want to cook more. I'm going to want to cook more. Yeah. And not eat out as much. So, I'm going to get better at cooking. Well, good. And a lot of it is because you inspire me, Oh, Trevor. well, thank you, Will. That's very <laughs> flattering. No problem. I, I, but I am serious when I say it does take somebody who already has that knowledge and know-how to instill that onto somebody else. How else are you going to learn? And while watching YouTube is really helpful... It's even better to have somebody with you that can give you pointers and show you how to do it yourself. So I'd be happy to 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 do some grilling with you. Awesome. We should have a grill. Yeah. Uh, a grill out. And at so. the new place, the grill will be right outside the kitchen. Perfect. So it'll be a lot easier. Excellent. Rather than having to go downstairs and out the bag. Awesome. All right, well, Trevor, let's get on to your topic. Yeah. So, Will, uh, I wanted to know. I was thinking about experience. uh in my life a number of years back um, where we were recipients of a random act of kindness Um, and wanted to know yourself if I want to talk about random act of kindness and if you had ever been the recipient yourself of of those and uh, share some stories because I feel like we do a lot of complaining on this podcast (laughs) I certainly do my more than my fair share, mm-hmm. and uh, thought it would be nice to uh, show the people at uh, home, the audience listening, that uh, that yes, even I, Trevor, can uh, be positive once in a while. So, sure. first, I'll I'll tell you about the experience that I was thinking about. So, uh, a number of years ago, uh, we just had our third child. Um, we were wanting to go out uh, to eat for dinner. And we had a couple of gift cards uh, to Chili's. Well, we have a Chili's nearby, and so uh, worked out. We had you know the, the these gift cards to use, so we didn't have to spend our money, and uh, we went ahead and, and went. Well, we took the three kids that we had, and and uh, well, kids are the worst, yeah, as you uh, well know, mm-hmm. and uh, this was no exception. And we were having a difficult time with the kids. And 
our oldest was frustrated and and our the youngest was crying the baby was crying and uh we we were just it was not an enjoyable dinner uh at at chili's um which is so rare because usually you're having a great time at chili's <laughs> all the commercials say that should be the highlight of my week yes so um but it was a free dinner so uh uh you know uh, it is what it is. So we're struggling with the kids and, and everything. And it, it comes time for us to, to pay. My wife and I are looking at each other like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And so we go to grab the gift cards and come to find out we left them at home. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm. do you want to, I'm, I'm talking to my wife, like, do you want to just pay for it and, and go? Like, What's no, the alternative? The, you just run away? No, we had the, no, we had the money to pay for it. Like we brought our wallets. Oh, sure. Us. But we're just like, the, the point is, is like, we. Oh, somebody runs just, home and gets the yeah, gift cards. Yeah. Which okay. is exactly what I ended up doing. This is like, do we, do we want to pay the money ourselves out of our pocket or do you want me to go home and get the I gift see. card? I thought the, I thought the oh, conflict was between oh, yes. Dine well, and Dash or actually pay. It, it, it was, but I couldn't say it on a podcast. Oh, sure, sure. The cops might be listening. <laughs> no. So, like, do you want to just pay for it out of our pocket? And my wife's like, no, like the whole reason we wear is for a free meal, right? We already have the gift cards. Right. So I'm like, fine, I'll get in the car. I'll go back. I'm, I go back home. You know, it's, it's like a, like a 10 minute drive. And I'm, I'm looking in, in my house for the gift cards. I can't find it. It's, it's like 15 minutes probably looking for these stupid things. I finally find them. I come back. Uh, obviously another 10 minute drive back, show up. Uh, my wife is just exhausted with the kids. She's been fighting them. They've been having a difficult time. Baby's crying and we go to pay and, uh, there was a couple that was sitting next to us and they had noticed the struggle that we were going through and, uh, they were kind enough to pay for our meal. And so wow. when, we, when we went to pay for it, found out it had already been paid for. And they had already left. So we were unable to thank them, of course. And uh, it was just a tremendous thing that they did for us. And it was so so meaningful because they didn't know who we were. But they could see the problem, the struggle that we were going through. Right. We didn't need their financial help. We had the money. We had the gift cards uh, after I went home and grabbed them. Mm -hmm. But it was just this nice gesture from them. And it and it meant a lot. And these are the kind of stories you hear about all the time, but they never happen to you, you know. And it was nice for it to happen to us. Yeah. So we were really grateful. And, uh, and uh it was just a nice moment. So I was curious if you had ever been the recipient of something similar uh, or witnessed something similar that you thought, wow, this is a really great uh, thing that this person did. So I've got two that has happened to us, and they also have to deal with our children. Okay. And they both happen in airports. All right. So uh, my first one... This is the closest my wife and I have ever come to getting divorced. <laughs> okay. Uh Gosh, it was such a day. We and this is the place for this kind of story. Correct. Right on the podcast. 
And we made it through this. Okay. We can make it through yeah, anything. You you are not divorced. <laughs> no. So it's so it's all good. This was almost eight years ago. Okay. Uh we're in the airport. Our our airplane is eight hours late. Okay. Wow. Levi, my That's oldest really long time. Yes, very long time. My oldest son, he um is breaking out in hives oh all over the place. Oh my goodness. And we don't know what to do. Sure. Uh, You're stranded there. Right. And we're like, what do we do? Yeah. Right? I get a phone call. It turns out my student loans were denied, so I was getting kicked out of business school. Ooh. And so I had to go try to take care of that. My wife found some medicine that might work and ended up spilling it everywhere. And I was like, how do you spill the only thing that's <laughs> going to help right now? And we're freaking out, right? Yeah. We're a young couple, brand new kid. It was not a good situation. Yeah. Nobody was at their best. No. Airports usually bring out the yes. worst in most people. In most people. This is true. A lady came up to my wife and said, I'm a nurse. Let me take a look at him and see if I can help. And she was able to look at him and say, it's nothing super serious. He's not going into like anaphylactic shock or anything. Uh -huh. But he, at, he is having an allergic reaction to something. So let's get Benadryl. And she even showed us how to cut it up into doses that are small enough for him and everything. And we ended up getting stuck in Chicago that night and oh, everything. Wow. But. This is the trip from hell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had to call and work and take an emergency day. Oh, like, my gosh. Like I said, if we made it through that. I want that. I, oh, my gosh. I had to pay 250 bucks for a five-hour stay at a hotel. We should have just had this, <laughs> this story, story be this segment. It was, it was something else. But uh, we made it through it. We're stronger because of it. But because of that lady, that was one worry that was off of our plate. Because he started feeling better. He started looking better. Thanks to that woman taking the time out and inserting herself into what was obviously a really stressful situation. Mm -hmm. She helped us get all the way home. And my wife and I are still happily married because yeah. of it. Right? Yeah. All because of her, probably. All because of her. She is the reason we're still married. Uh, just an amazingly nice gesture yeah. from that woman. The other one I can think of really vividly, um, we took, uh, I think, my second child uh, on an airplane to visit my parents' house. And my oldest was old enough to watch a movie okay. during, the mo during the flight. Mm -hmm. But my second child... He was not. Okay. And he is, he was the fussiest baby of all time. Um, and we were scared to death. We're like, we're, somebody's going to throw us out of the airlock. Right. Of this airplane. Right. And that's a stressful thing as a oh parent. Oh my gosh. You're dying inside. You know how everyone is feeling. Exactly. The second you came in with a baby, everyone's like, oh no. Yes. Right? And then when it starts crying and screaming, you're like, I get it. I get it. I'm dying to. Uh, I'm so sorry, yes. right? So we do everything we can to keep things under wraps, right? And at the end, I'm like, I bet everybody hates us. I bet everybody wants to kill us. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, the lady right in front of us, she was an older lady. She stood up and turned around and said, I have never seen two kids as good as an on an airplane as yours. They were so wonderful. And it made me feel amazing. Right? I have no idea who this lady is. Lying through her teeth. Even if she was lying, right? Doesn't matter. She made my day. Right? Yeah. And, and I, 
I obviously still remember that, yeah. right? Yeah. So even just being really positive with someone in a stressful situation, it just made me feel so good. Right. So there are things, simple things you can do to really make fee- people feel better. And you don't have to be recognized. You don't have to know them even to at least help in a stressful situation mm-hmm. if you're if you have that awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for these random acts of kindness, I think what makes them so special is they often require some personal sacrifice for the people that are offering the kindness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or it makes them, it puts them in an uncomfortable situation. They, they are, you know, the nurse. You guys are stressed out. You guys are the, having... She was like, brave. To, to assert yourself is like it's uncomfortable it's easier for everyone just to stand back and be like mind my own business right it's not my place uh whatever or it's an inconvenience to me like she probably has places to go well and especially since i was obviously pissed right right right. and my wife was stressed out and crying and it is very easy to be for someone to say i don't want to be a part of that yeah exactly exactly so to for somebody to overcome those instincts and to still assert themselves but be helpful Mm -hmm. and and good for you guys to be welcoming to that there's a lot of people and i think that's part of that is something i'm scared of right what if i try to help and they're like like, get out of here yeah what are you doing get out yeah exactly and so that is certainly a hesitancy for people to be kind is because they don't want somebody getting mad at them um so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. It's nice to hear you uh, share those examples. It, it inspires me to be more aware of people around me and their struggles. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at my phone and being focused on me and scrolling through Facebook in an airport, uh, maybe I'll look up around me and... Uh, Find the maddest couple yeah, you can. And, and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> How can I help you guys? <laughs> That's what you should do. That would be good. I will do. I will do just that, and I'll report back to you as I, I'm going to the airport on Saturday. Okay, so. find the angriest couple you can. <laughs> I will. and try to help out. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully uh, you guys are listening. Uh, hopefully you guys are also inspired to to do some kindness to people around you and uh, maybe brighten someone's day. Yeah. So, well, it was another great podcast. I have never felt better after a podcast than this one. That was a great ending. That was a good ending, indeed. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners, as always. Uh, Appreciate uh, your reviews and your feedback. Uh, Please email the show um, and uh, let us know. uh, Give us some topics. I'm tired of coming up with my own. Uh, (laughs) And if you guys have other really cool instances of... uh, of a random act of kindness, something that someone did that could keep inspiring us. I'd love to hear those. Yeah, those are great to, stories. Yeah, I'd love to read something like that uh, on our next podcast. So uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, thanks, Will, again. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports, Screens, and Something Else. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. If you want to contact the show, you can send an email to sssheshow at gmail.com. 
And join us next time on Sports, Screens, and Something Else.